You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 179 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Um, it's the first of season three as we delve headfirst into a brand new year, commonly referred to as 2024. So my name is Matt Phillips, creator of OneChatLive.com. And this episode of the Sports Therapy Association podcast is, as always, being recorded live on a Tuesday at eight o'clock on the STA YouTube channel and the STA Facebook page. In this episode, entitled Being a Soft Tissue Therapist in 2024, we're going to be discussing what 2024 will, should and could bring soft tissue therapists. And I'm joined very happily with some STA members who are going to be sharing their hopes, plans and goals for 2024. If you have joined us live, then you can already see our beautiful faces on the screen here and you may well recognize some of the people here. If you listen to the podcast, then you don't. But if you'd like to see who's behind the voice, then you can watch the recording uh, on YouTube. Just head along to the STA YouTube channel. But I will introduce, I'll say the names out loud, um, and then we will get to know them in a lot more detail. Before I do that, um, we've got people coming through and joining us live. If you do join us live, if maybe you're a new listener, you don't realize this, but if you do join us live, then I can bring your questions up onto the screen along with your photos. For example, Glenn Murphy has joined us. Hey, Glenn, happy new year to you. Glenn says, evening all, please no one mention Turkey for the next 12 months. There we go. Thank you, Glenn, for sharing that. We will not talk about Turkey at all either the i always i automatically thought he was talking about the, the, the country for some reason i was like i don't know this is gonna be some racial slur but of course it's the meat yes of course i thought it might have been like a hair transplant or something oh, I, <laughs> all the thoughts going through my head when Glenn shares something is <laughs> massive cecily hislop has joined us as well hey cecily happy new year to you too from a wet and windy corner i think it's wet and windy in most places in the uk it's pretty crazy people are coming through as well we've got sabrina hey good to see you, sabrina again happy new year to you um, so, yeah, if you listen to the podcast and want to join us live, you like the idea of networking, meeting other therapists, maybe people in your area, then just head along to, like I say, YouTube or Facebook and you can join us. Right. People who have joined us in no particular order, we've got Gary Benson, founder of the STA here. Hey, Gary, how are you doing? Fine. Thank you, Matt. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, we have got Alex Moore, a sports massage therapist and equipment Pilates instructor at Alex Moore. Um, you can find Alex at movementtherapydorset.com. Hey, Alex, how are you doing? Hi Matt, how are you doing? We've been trying to get you for a while, haven't we? I think it's it's, uh, it's taken a few years. Yeah, yeah. a few years of uh, every time I saw you at Therapy Expo, I had to reject coming on the show after. So uh, I'm glad I can finally be here. You've been ducking and diving for a couple of years. So it's great that you're finally here now. Fantastic, not working on a Tuesday. Magnificent. And we've also got Imi Testo, who's the owner of Back on Track Soft Tissue Therapy. Hey, Imi, how are you doing? Hello. How are you? People will probably know Emmy from her spectacular presentations at Therapy Expo this year. She's sighing away. You will not. If there was a little Miss Modest, I'm not sure if there was, is actually, but that would be Emmy uh, Tester would be there. Um, so thanks for joining us, Emmy. Really keen to hear what you're up to this year. We've got Ben Mace Crosley, the SC Injury Rehabilitation Undergrad and Soft Tissue Therapist at Repose Injury Rehab. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you very much. Um, and Stevie Barr, not last and not least whatsoever. Fantastic to see him at Therapy Expo. Stevie Barr is brand ambassador at Intelligence Cycling and also joint creator of the Scottish Therapist Group. Hey, Stevie, how are you? I'm very, very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Happy yeah. New Year, everybody. Lang may your lum reek. Oh, beautiful and, and true Scottish. I was going to say Gaelic. Stevie, are you Scottish? You didn't know from the internet connection. Anyway, so before we start, um, let's hand over to to Gary Benson, founder of the STA, for a little bit of STA update. Thanks, Matt. Um, we've been working hard over, well, reasonably hard over the Christmas uh, and New Year period on website changes. They're still going through at the moment. We've got a meeting next week where we're looking at the possibility of, of having two separate sort of sites running simultaneously, one for members and one for public access, simply because there's so much information that navigation sometimes becomes a problem. So we'll be looking at that. Jake's got some ideas which we're trying to facilitate as well. And we've had some ideas from members. So we're trying, we're acting on that feedback and we're trying to make things as easy as possible. One of the problems we have 
as always, is trying to get the information so it's accessible through every size of screen imaginable, um, which proves a problem. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming along nicely. Um, we're we're making some changes to the membership categories in particularly in relation to the the new level three massage for sport and massage for performance, which is being delivered by the fitness industry, which doesn't meet any standards. So we're just having a little bit of a relook at the, the membership levels and, and that'll be coming out when the new website changes come into effect. I've had a meeting with Balans already. For those who don't know, there have been some um, hierarchical changes at Balans, um, and I've got a meeting with their new staff, if you like, um, in the coming weeks, particularly to talk about the issues that arose early in December when the CSP issued guidance to their um, their regulated professionals about um, dry needling and medical acupuncture interventions in the thoracic area and the subsequent responses from people like the Acupuncture Regulatory Authority. So we got, we're getting some, um, some confirmation and some um, clearance from Balans about exactly what's going to go on. Um, we've got a meeting with Therapy Expo already booked uh, for the end of next week. Um, and I'm planning um, a, a web chat about regulation because that's a question I'm asked all the time is when is regulation going to occur? Is it going to occur? What are the implications if it does, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to do a web chat on that. We'll be inviting stakeholders from across the industry for their, uh, for their input. Um, and then the follow-up to the qualifications web chat that we did, still getting questions on that sort of on a weekly basis. So planning sort of episode two of that one. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we're doing at the moment. Web, uh, sorry, newsletter coming out imminently where I'm talking about developing the WIST podcast, the Women in Sports Therapy. Um, we've got Fiona who does some um, curated um, content on there. But what we're looking to do as well is turn that into at least a monthly and then hopefully a fortnightly discussion forum which is going to be initially for our members only so it'll be via zoom it will be recorded and it will be put in the in the members area of the website but then once we've got the format nailed then probably put it out live to the wider sort of industry uh, so they're the plans what we've got at the moment fantastic and as always yeah just people if you're not getting the newsletter because poor old gary is just sick of saying it just check your spam folder and add safe addresses at the sta.co.uk because there's so much information in there and it's tricky these days but it's worth clicking on I promise you there's amazing information in there um even though most of what you get is rubbish but so yeah do check your inbox for that and if you listen to podcast and you're not an sta member then all the information you need is at uh, the sta.co.uk um, you can see the very competitive price, but it's not, well, it is kind of about price for a lot of people, isn't it? But it's also the quality and the content and the loyalty and everything else. But you can read all about it there. And as always, if you've got any questions, then you can email myself, Matt at the STA.co.uk, or Gary at the STA.co.uk, or Jake at the STA.co.uk. And we're happy to give you any information you need. Um, let's go back to that level three thing again. So just, we talked about this when, uh, just before the new year. So what's the deal with level three and, and what should, therapists who are level three at the moment be thinking about what's changing gary well if, if we go back pre-2009 the level three qualification in sports massage therapy um, included a number of remedial techniques and it was quite a comprehensive qualification and probably those of us who trained you know sort of 15 20 years ago we got quite a robust um learning experience what happened in 2009 after a two-year consultation was that the level four was introduced and my question to the awarding organizations at the time was how are you going to make the level four you know a progressive qualification from the level three and, and their response was that they were simply going to downgrade the level three to take out all of the analytical um stuff out of it so the objective testing etc um and so we were left with a watered down level three qualification and in 2014 um the qualification was watered down again so that the limited scope of practice was pre-post and intra-event massage and maintenance massage and 
critically, it says on the certificate in the modules uh, for, on non-pathological tissue. So in practice, the scope had been reduced to such an extent that you could only work with healthy specimens. Um, fast forward a little bit pre-COVID when it was widely accepted by, I'll call it the remedial industry, that the level three was was becoming weaker and weaker. Um, a lot more people coming on board, a lot more fitness industry trainers starting to deliver it. Um, and, and it was widely accepted that it was going to move sideways to become a fitness industry qualification called massage for sport or massage for performance. That didn't happen because of COVID, but that, that movement is gathering pace again now. So we're trying to preempt that by saying, you know, if you are one of our level three members now, we will continue to support you. Uh, we will give you guidance and support if required for you to move to level four. But as we've discussed before, Matt, there is a, you know, a valid place in the industry for, for those who, who want to do massage. So we're not going to alienate those people, you know, as other associations may have done in the past. What we're going to say is we will continue to support you if you're already a member. If you are planning to be a member, then there are going to be additional restrictions in place. And this is what I'm talking to Balance about to ensure that the people who come from this the weakened qualification of 2014 to, to today, really, uh, then aren't insurable for remedial techniques so they can't be going on to dry needling courses or medical acupuncture courses or um, things with a remedial intent because it's outside of their scope of practice and I suppose the what's been happening is that some of the training providers are not sticking to the the unwritten rules and they're accepting anybody onto their training courses people are going out there sticking a needle in someone um, in some cases causing damage and I'm not talking about specifically STA members here I'm talking about the wider industry uh, and there's been an exponential rise in the number of claims coming from needling applications so we're trying to categorize what is high risk what is low risk what level three can do what level four can do what level five can do so that's what we're working on on the background to try and get some therapy descriptors in place for our members but then make them available to the wider industry so that I suppose it's a consensus of, of opinion uh, and, a, and a movement's going forward together rather than independently. Excellent. That's really important. It's, I think that's going to be the topic of, of 20, or one of the very important topics of 2024. And as we chatted in the last one, I think it's really important to, and I'm keen to hear from the other people here today about this, but we really should be guiding and helping and looking after the level three therapists. I think I don't, like any kind of hierarchy because for me a level three therapist who is providing and he said just then i've got to stop doing that i think it but i'm not saying it's so it's better but a level three therapist who is providing massage may be forming as important a part in the multidisciplinary care of an individual or maybe even a more important part than the person who's doing the rehabbing exercise prescription or the person who's doing this or that it could be for that person one of the really key component not the only one but really important weighted you know lots so i'm keen to hear about the others from from the others here alex and stevie and Amy and ben whether you started off at level three if you remember your time there whether you found it frustrating whether you're glad that you kind of moved on very swiftly and and what you think the place is for level threes these days in our industry so let's just go around let's alex i have no idea did you ever were you at level three uh yeah i started off um about 15 years ago now um i start i did i did it a bit backwards really because i did a diploma in biomechanics before i'd done anything else even before i'd done any level two fitness um so i had a bit more of that before i even did level three massage um so it was about 2011 i did level three massage and um I did quite a lot of courses um, in between then and 2018. Um, so I did like massage biomechanics. I did mat work Pilates. I did equipment Pilates. I did a whole load of other like CPDs and um, therapist training, if you like. But um, what I would say is I'd say none of them ever made me feel like a true therapist ever. Um, they made me feel like I had, I, I could massage people 
and they made me feel like I could do exercises and do various techniques. But um, they never really made me. I always had that. I know, I know it's quite prevalent in this industry, people with imposter syndrome. But that's what it always felt like. I never felt like it was a real. I never really felt like a full therapist um, for, for years, really. And it wasn't until about 2018, and um, I did the movement therapy diploma with Mike Grice, um, which is probably, I know it's classed as level five, but there's a lot of info you get at degree level in that. And it probably wasn't until I had done that course, until then I actually felt like a, a proper therapist and that kind of imposter syndrome went. Um, and again, I think partly what could have been my fault as well, when I was probably trying to do more than sports massage was actually there for. Um, so, you know, you always try, you always want to try and be the best for your clients. And, you know, you're almost trying to fix them, so to speak, with just massage. And obviously with a lot of the research and a lot of, especially with a lot of the content on social media we're seeing since COVID, um, you know, obviously massage is getting a bit of a um, a bit of a, a reputation of not doing what we thought it did. Um, so I think there's definitely a place level three because I'm actually a level three with I'm just about with with Stevie. We're working for sports massage education, doing level three courses this year. Um, so I think there's definitely a place for it. I think it's just really ensuring that. Um, people know what the, the limits and the capacity of us are. Excellent. Can I just come in there, Matt, please? Mm, definitely. That Thanks, Alex. With, with the level three, this is my opinion, okay, not necessarily representative of the rest of the industry, but I think instead of the level three being the easiest course, the shortest course, because it's an entry-level course, it, in my opinion, it should be the longest and the hardest course. Because we have to learn the anatomy and physiology. We have to learn about pain science. We have to learn about, you know, communication with our client and how we build this therapeutic alliance. And I defy anybody who, to deliver that course in two days, as is happening, even with copious amounts of online learning and, and assignments. And then once we've got that comprehensive, robust, underpinning knowledge, then, yes, it's it's quite easy to go on and do some some testing, some muscle strength testing or some joint orthopedic testing. It's quite easy then to go on and, and synthesize, you know, some rehabilitation plans and periodization programs, etc. But what we're trying to do, what the industry is doing now with its smoke and mirrors and its commercialism is getting people on board at level three for a sometimes quite cheap price you know quite a you know a course that's not in my opinion fit for purpose and then trying to bombard them with cpd after cpd after cpd and saying this is what you need to be a great therapist when actually what you need to be a great therapist is a, the knowledge and understanding which underpins everything you do your clinical reasoning skills and a unique selling point that's what will, will make you successful in the industry i think that's a good point and i've myself taught and i've I've shied away from people who have said, oh, can you do a level three and a level four bolt on? We'll just do a level three quickly and get them onto level four. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, financially, I know it makes sense. But for me, like we said before, a level three, you should then have, I believe, depending on the person, obviously, in their background, but you need six months, maybe a year, or for some people, even more, just to realize the variety out there, to realize that people do come in who are like different shoulder heights and different pelvic heights. So you can get rid of some of these traditional ideas that symmetry is the answer to everything, because you realize that there's plenty of variety out there. If you rush too heavy into a level four, you're not learning about people. So you're just working with injuries instead of people. So good point, Stevie, you're next on my screen anyway. Um, you've been involved with um, Grice as well, and you're very interested in education and the changes that are needed. And um, what do you feel about level threes in the moment and solutions and things? Yeah, I'm the same as Ari. I think level three should be tough. You know, level threes, it's like everything else that you do. You've got to build up a solid foundation before you take it on to, you know, a, another level. Um, so absolutely there is a place for level three. As it stands at the moment, yeah, we know that it's very, very limited in scope. And that's fine. 
as long as we are upfront about that, as long as as long as that's straightforward from the educators, then that's fine. But I think there's a little bit of um, you know, come and do my level three course, and you can do this mm. still out there. Um, and I think you know that that's they're being disingenuous to people because they're making them believe that they'll be able to you know see people with injuries and treat injuries and stuff like that, and they can't. Simply can't. As Gary said, any kind of remedial work, complete no-no. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that level three should be a tougher starting point than it is. Um, the, the biggest problem I've got, I guess, is that um, we're very, very limited up here in Scotland as to what you can do. I mean, you've got a couple of people who run courses, but they generally run them at the same time of the year, sort of uh, October, November time. Um, so if you miss that, then you know you've you've got a year away before you can sort of decide that well, okay, I want to take on to the next level. But getting back to your point, Matt, that gives you a brilliant year to to get your hands on people, different types of people, uh, and 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 get that therapeutic therapeutic alliance that we need to find and get that nailed down before you kind of start and think, okay, I'm going to start you know, moving and twisting and, and, and all that. So, yeah, level three has, has definitely got a place that has to be a starting point. Uh, and as long as we, we nail down what that starting point is, we're very, very clear what that starting point is, then obviously people can come into the business and all they might ever want to do is, I'm going to call it a simple massage, but, but you know, that's not the right word um, or the right phrase. So, you know, they don't have to move on. But I, I agree with Gary. I think the level three should be harder than it is, and set up the other, you know, the the the, the excess education that you want to do, because it should be a choice to do it rather than a need. And I think that's where we are right now. Like, if you've got level three and you want to do anything at all, you need to move on. Uh, and that, you know, some people are just saying, you know, level three, level four, bolt it together and. Bosh, away you go. Uh, and as we know, you get your hands on somebody with very, very little experience, you can you know, make a right mess of things. So. Excellent. Yeah. And it's challenging as well. I mean, like I know you've got plans to get somebody like Greg Lehman up in Scotland here, which is amazing. Congratulations to you to get. I mean, that's going to change a lot of people's lives. But if you allowed somebody who'd just done a current level three course to listen to Greg, it would just be they'd just throw the towel in. They would just they just get either really angry, really depressed, or just kind of freak out, or just take it all too literally, and they wouldn't be able to because they're not ready yet for those nuances. They're not ready yet to start thinking, especially someone like Greg, who's like sick to the teeth of saying the same thing kind of like over the years and challenging everything. So, whereas if someone does level three and then gently have a year to do, just to to awake themselves to other possibilities, and then take on something like Greg or or other people like that who are challenging traditions and that that would be far more sensible but yeah Ben what's your what's your you were level three a long time ago were you yeah yeah I started level three uh 2019 so I'm still quite you know new to the industry um but yeah I did my level three in 2019 um it was over several months uh, as you said, you know, there's all the anatomy and physiology side of stuff that you have to get involved. And we had a couple of weekends where we'd go in, in between and um, catch up on things. And then we'd have like a sit down test at the end. And then we'd get um, observed doing the manual sort of you know, side of it. Um, but yeah, I was completely shocked then when you come out into the into the world. And then there's all these different people of all these different uh you know, pathologies are just, are just conditions that come to you and hoping massage will, will fix it. Um, and you believe at first, okay, I'll give it a good rub and whatnot. I've, I've done the course. Hopefully it should work. And sometimes it does. And most times if it's something more, you know, serious going on there, then it, it doesn't doesn't touch, touch the size at all. Um, and it's the same with level four. And I was really surprised when I did the level four course as well because um, – I had the pack through, came through the post and then I had a date to go in and I thought we were going to be sitting there and going through his tie pack and sort of like learning and being taught it. And we went there and I think it was over two weekends 
and they literally just sort of the did more sort of advanced, if you will, remedial uh, modalities. Um, and that was it. And I was like, well, what about all this? And I'm like, well, why did you not do that in your own time? You're like, well, I, that, that never came through to me. I, I didn't know that that was going to happen. And I'm not, you know, slaying the, the shooter because he was a, he was a you know, really good shooter. And I, I still occasionally message him from time to time now. He was, he was a nice bloke. Um, but yeah, and then even after I did then, you know, the level four, which was then, you know, a bolter. And as I say, it was only a couple of weekends. And it was very sort of, it was almost like a tick box and boof. Now we're off and I was like, okay, I'm a fixer. Now I can do all these sort of moves. Um, and again, even then at level four, you, you're still not a fixer. You just, you just know a couple more techniques, you know, but you don't know, you still don't know enough. You don't know any rehabilitation process. You don't know, you don't even know, you know, like the healing process. You don't get taught, uh, you know, inflammation, moving on to blah, moving on to, and it just, just didn't exist. You just learned about joints and then... <laughs> Um, so yes, it's a it's a strange one. The entire process, uh, especially for vocational level, is crazy, really. Um, and even you know, it was only just been recently. I'd say say recently. I think it was towards the back end of might have been early twenty three, maybe back end of twenty two. I had a lady come in to me, and by this point, I was level four. Um, could I have even been starting the one with... I, I think I might have even been started the one with Anna Maria then as well. Um, and a lady came with me and she had a problem with the foot and she had real bad pain. She couldn't, you know, find what was going on. And, you know, there was something going on towards the, the base of the fifth metatarsal. I didn't have a clue what was going on there. So luckily I just said to her, look, I'm, I'm going to refer you on. So I sent her to a, a foot specialist that I knew up the road. And she's like, well, can you not just give it a rub? And just, you know, try and do something. I was like, no, no, but I won't charge you for it because I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to refer you on to it. And it wasn't until just more recently, um, with a course that I'm, you know, now undertaking, that now it's an insertion point, you know, and it's it's a point which, you know, where fractures happen quite regularly. Um, but you don't know that. You don't know the things that you don't know. So a lot of people, if they're coming out of the, with these level three and level four courses and they've been told, they've been told in class and they're coming out, they don't know the extra parts of which obviously we guys talk about quite regularly they, they just don't know and i've said it to you guys before like you don't and i'm saying it over again that you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. so only the other day on facebook i saw um someone was asking for a physiotherapist as you see in facebook groups that was a recommendation by one was asking for a, a physiotherapist and then a few people had tagged in a therapist of the area and someone had put in like a photograph of their business card, and it was VTCT level three. And underneath, she'd actually put herself as injury rehabilitator, injury prevention. And so these people are out there with these level three courses, taking clients on, knowing that they're looking for a physiotherapist with pathological issues, and just taking the money and going for it. Because, I mean, when I did my level three, Yes, there was some cover on red flags, absolutely for sure. But it was it was quite, it was kind of all blocked together. You know, you just get a list of red flags and then you put that list and you transfer over onto the bottom of your uh, your sheet. And people kind of go, yeah, I've got none of that. And I like, click over. Some of the population won't even know they've, they've got stuff like that. But there's more deeper, um, there could be a lot more deeper things that are going on inside somebody that you need to unpick. And until you start studying more, and practicing more of your subjective assessment, you're not going to know how to pick those details out of people to be able to unlearn what's going on to you. Like, as I mentioned just before we came on the call, like with lower back pain, if you don't know the questions to ask, that could be leading to a more serious pathological condition. You just go into lower back pain, I'll just give it a rub. And you could miss it completely. And this person could be in serious danger and you're prolonging it. But if you're not taught that, even at level three, to ask those questions and what to look out for, you're in danger. Definitely. Yeah. Which which brings us back, doesn't it, to the level three needs to be more exhaustive. Level three needs to do much more about red flags and knowing your Absolutely. scope and recognising when you need to refer on, and which is not really done at the moment. You know, they just they mentioned a few things and then they just move on to, right, Robin's going to cure everything. So, yeah. Great, good summary. Can I, can I come in there, Matt? Can yeah, I come definitely. in there and just say, just for, for balance and accuracy, um, the reference that Ben made there about the person with the business card, mm. it is highly likely or 
should I say possible that 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 person trained at level three with VTCT when remedial skills were included in that qualification so we unless we know when that qualification was issued and and this is why we changed our membership categories last year uh, on the 1st of January 2021 so that every renewal certificate comes through instead of being an affiliate member a full member a graduate member it does actually classify the qualification and and on our level three examples you can be a level three soft uh, sports massage therapist but but if your certificate says um, on non-pathological presentations or words to that effect, it will say that on your membership certificate. So what we're trying to do is highlight to the person, to the member, that, that this is your scope of practice. And I speak to every new member and I say, this is what we expect of you. This is what you can expect of us. So it's it's a difficult one to, to you know paint everybody with the same brush. But generally speaking, the, the, the more recent your level three qualification, the, the lesser your scope of practice actually is. And, and just before we go to Imi, what I would say is that there is a fundamental problem in education, not just in our industry. Level three awards historically delivered at further education colleges. Uh, the government policy making everybody stay in college until they in um, post-compulsory education, should we say, until they're 18, which means a lot of people who who are now wouldn't gone on to a sixth form um, at a school, going to college, they have to stay in education. And the way education is run at the moment is the next year's funding is based on this year's re- results and retention figures. So it's in the establishment's best interest that everybody passes the course. That has led in, in time to a devaluing of the level three qualification to such an extent that it has become something which is, you know, hasn't got much of a value in our remedial industry. And I spoke last time, Matt, about the fork in the road that I see coming along. The new qualification that's been issued by fitness industry providers, that's great. Fully respect you want to do that. I, I understand it's a commercial activity for you. The SDA is not commercially driven. So we can actually come on here and say, well, why aren't the lead counsel for soft tissue therapists doing something about this? But as I was going to say, if you want to be, if you're a fitness professional and you want to just provide massage with no remedial intent at the end of one of your sessions or to replace one of your sessions, then that's fine. Massage for performance, massage for sports. That's great. Go ahead and do that. If you want to be in the remedial industry, we should be channeling ourselves towards the, the harder level three and onto the level four so we can work autonomously. Great points. Thank you. Yes, thank you for clearing that up. Um, Imi sat there patiently listening. Sorry, I keep getting up and down with my dogs being a pain. So I'm not, that, it's not that I'm not listening. The dog ah, keeps that's coming. That's fine. Now we understood that. That's okay. So, Imi, you've had, you've had the fortune now, well, I say the fortune, but you've been through the mill with regards to seeing how difficult it can be when you read things on social media, criticizing everything you've learned and studied. And, and that's something we have to reiterate again and again. It, it's, a sad thing for many therapists about the poor education or the poor syllabi that are out there is it's going to come to a head to a head where suddenly you're just going and you either sadly a lot of people with great empathy and great desire to help others for not that money's not driving them they just want to help and get loads of thank yous are just going you know what this is a waste of my time and i'll see on facebook and it's and it's soul shattering or they have the patience to listen change tweak a little bit get to the difficult patch and then come out like yourself who now is in a fantastic position and, and the things which you're doing on a daily basis now of helping other therapists realize that you can get through, you haven't got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So what words have you got, Emma? You, 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 yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. It was very difficult for you for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I, it was one, one of the answers that I was going to give to your questions that you gave us this morning to think <sighs> about, but, but that, you know, social media is it can be really negative and I think you know because of the way that our brains read things we tend to to see that negativity so I first um I didn't come in as a level three or a level four I came in with an HND that's how old I am um but it was in holistic massage through beauty therapy and then when I did my level three and four and that was together of what was then called sports massage I can honestly say I, I don't think I learned anything more than I did in my beauty therapy qualification um if anything I think that has until I did my um level five with Anna Maria which is a whole different 
football game and I learned yeah. so much about, you know, very valuable background knowledge. Um, but until then, I would have said that, yeah, my, my beauty therapy qualification gave me as much knowledge as my level three or four. And, and some of the skills that I learned then and working with people through that, I think, have stood me in just as good stead up until the point of, you know, wanting to work maybe with more challenging um, cases. And I think maybe in our industry, there's an element of, um, I can't remember who I was talking about it to the other day, but it's a bit like that sketch with, the, with you know, the two Ronnies and John Cleese. And we have the sort of, you know, we have the physiotherapists and, and the, you know, the professionals who have got, um, who are academically trained and they, we, they look down on us <laughs> and we look up to them, but we look down on the holistic um, therapists. And, and, and I think maybe, you know, if we stopped doing that a little bit and recognised that society as a whole, I think, doesn't recognise enough the value in things like care and listening and support, which you can do with a level three and you can do as a holistic therapist. And I agree absolutely with Gary that that level three, and I think across the board for any hands-on work, should be better and, and to be more robust and be a more solid foundation and to have all those elements like red flags. Because from there, you can be a better therapist. But those, those things, you know, building therapeutic alliance, that is, you know, you can learn all the other stuff but if you don't have that solid foundation, you're still going to be, can I say shit? You're still going to be a shit therapist, no matter how, how many qualifications you've got, you're still not going to be able to help people as well. And touches I think, everything. Sorry? Touches everything. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I think that we need to recognise that. And actually, mm-hmm. as, you know, as a vocational industry, that is something that we we can come in at that level and, and take that pressure off with the, you know, the easier cases, anything more, we've got a low bar for referral, we're going to refer up. But those people we can help. I see so many people now with, with conditions arising from stress and anxiety and depression. Um, and, and that's what we can be amazing at. And maybe we need to shout a little bit louder um, about value that we can bring at, at a level three if it's got that base and I think going back to what Ben was saying that although it's it's tricky because at that level we we maybe shouldn't be treating more complex um, issues we absolutely should have our red flags down and, and our referral system down because people do come to you when I worked as a beauty therapist you've got um, really good uh, clients who love you. you've got really good therapeutic alliance with those clients if they have a back pain they're going to come and see you first in you know unless it's really really bad so you do need to know that right from day dot and that's not even just I wouldn't say um, soft tissue therapy or sports or remedial every single person who is giving massage needs to have that good solid base and then you can go on from that yeah, that needs to like module one, really, doesn't it? it yeah, needs to yeah. Be very th- thoroughly covered. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I just just to counter what what you said in me as well, um, but also to agree with you, um, saying that you know academically, uh, you know, qualified people kind of look down on us in that sense. But I was generalisation. No, 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 no. It's, it's good. It's good. But at the same time, you know. Uh, NHS physiotherapists are, you know, maybe private physiotherapists who are on sort of like a a fast, you know, road to turnover. Um, You know, they're going to get people into the door 15 minutes, 20 minutes max Mm. with a person. It's just not enough. So even though they have a higher qualification skill set, to be able to build that therapeutic alliance with someone, you're not going to get in 15 minutes by going in. What's and going this on? Is what, oh, let's this is what push, we can push, provide push. so well. Mm. Yeah, here's your exercises. Crack yeah. on. You can, so, so, you can you know, those people who are level three, that's fantastic. And there's loads, you know, loads of ways you can help people at that level Bones. three. Hone, hone that those skills that you've got there before going on and, and learning sort of some more background knowledge behind that. But there, there's so much, even with that level, you can really help people um, just, just simply by supporting them and listening to them. Excellent. 
and it's a great business model. I mean, I'm, I'm always going on about how we've had guests on who said, oh, we'd love the idea of having a, a good evidence-informed massage therapist who we can give patients to knowing that they're not going to say oh i tell you what you need actually i'm going to give you this sort of massage that's going to help get rid of the toxins because that's going to undo some of the work which is being done elsewhere and with an allied health professional so it's a really healthy business model and that should be taught i think your place within 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 patient-centered care you know Mm -hmm. how you do form a massively important part and that would get rid of this imposter syndrome because that's one of the things you were talking about initially alex at the moment it's not it's natural we get that imposter syndrome because we're basically told that we're going to save the world then we realize no i'm not (laughs) this person is not getting any better so we start thinking i need to do this course if we turn that on its head and we realize that we can do an awful amount by working with others by spotting things earlier to provide like 10 years of misdiagnosis or no diagnosis that's where our strength is realizing that we're often the first port of call and and that person is going to open up more if we've got that that primal grooming that touch that alliance we'll be talking about so um yeah fascinating right look can i just jump in on that because um that's a really good point um because um over christmas and this is a really good example that um it's really good to for other therapists to hear, or especially new therapists starting out. Um, in December, I was working for one reason or another. I ended up working in um, four different theatres, offering uh, massage to their dancers and to all their panto stars. And um, the importance of having like a good referral network around you is really key because one, it completely takes the pressure off you and sets your expectations. So like a real good example is I was working, uh, where was I working? I was working on Aladdin, um, which is a panto we had down in Poole. And half the cast were um, were based up in London. So I was just going in and just treating them just because they'd had a long run and they're getting a bit tired and achy. And some of them came in with like real specific um kind of dance injuries that needed something more of a massage and um before covid i uh, a lot for some reason it's probably a different story in itself i ended up with loads of dancers as clients and one of the things that was always really difficult and i don't know why because i've never danced a day in my life and um it was always really difficult because we never had any, there was never any good therapy well, not good there was never any therapists to send the more complex cases onto who specialized in dance Obviously, with COVID and the STA podcast, we got I got to do Liz Bailey quite well. Um, so at this panto, I was treating probably always shows I was working. I treated about fifty dancers in the end, and um, the ones who had something a bit more complex, who needed something a bit more that massage couldn't help. It was really good because I could just give them her name and her details, and uh, it worked really well for them because they felt really confident because they had someone, you know, because they'd had two or three physios who. Not that it didn't help, but didn't quite understand their their role. And they felt really confident that after Panty, they were going to go to someone who could help them. And uh, it was good for me as well, because that really set the expectation for what we're getting in the treatment I was giving them was purely just to calm things down, make them feel good, and get them through. Um, but then once you need more, had, had something more to go on to afterwards. So, yeah, building really good... Um, networks of people who can really help your clients is uh is really good for your clients but also for you as well because it can it can kind of keep you safe almost in a way that's a good point yeah it helps to reinforce you know your limitations in the sense of treating someone but you know how helpful you can be by referring them on good point yeah excellent i'll come in there matt if i may yes um i've been making some notes of uh, imposter syndrome you know this is one of my pet hates we always in effect, when we when we come out of a course and we, we believe everything that we're told, we're actually comparing our chapter two to somebody else's chapter twenty. You know, so it's it's an unfair way of looking at it. We should compare our chapter two to our chapter one. But when Immy was talking about her HND, I mean, don't do yourself a disservice. The HND is still alive and kicking, Immy. So, you you know. Okay. It was a good course. Yeah, yeah. Even um, though it was quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and they are set at level five. You know, they're the equivalent of a foundation degree. Um, but what, what, what Alex was getting 
to there is what we discuss on all of our web uh, on our coffee evening chats you know with our new members it's it's what is your usp you know alex could now become the go-to person for dance related um problems in his area because he's built his experience he could be the go-to person he could be the the pantomime dame if you like you know he he could be known for that liz bailey is a specialist but i'm sure alex you picked up some experience of working with them listening to their stories and what i find interesting is this panel here none, none of us in our 20s and i think therapy and i think a lot of the chapters that we have as therapists are not built or not written in the therapeutic industry they're written in life so we what we do with our hands and we did this a straw poll on a podcast a couple of years ago what we're doing with our hands only gives 20 percent of the success of what we're doing in the session it's it's the way we communicate it's the way we listen it's the way that we clinically reason it's the way we decatastrophize it's the way we promote and build that therapeutic relationship with our client is how we build trust that's what makes a difference. And, and with respect, you could teach a monkey to do a massage in a couple of days if you wanted to. But it's all those other things that you can't teach. The understanding of pain, the understanding of pain referral patterns, the understanding of the human mind and, 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 and stress and anxiety and, and all of the part that those play in, in the whole big picture. So we are treating people more holistically, but we've had to go through life to get that experience to do that. And sometimes I don't think it's particularly suited to somebody who's just come out of a university. And I'm not disrespecting that as a, as a, as a direction. What I'm saying is that they probably haven't got the people skills to be successful as a people person. We need to be a people person in this industry. I'll kind of give you a little bit more on that, and, and it's not to do with the massage. So I used to be a currency trader, right? Well, that's 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 why I spent some some years, and I had no qualifications in that. I had no training. I learned the job as I went through it. But we would occasionally get some people come in, say a couple of graduates who come out of uni, degree in economics, degree in whatever, and they come and they sit down and. They know everything. Yeah, they do. They know everything about economics, but they don't know about a rapidly moving market, which is full of people who have got fears. Uh, you know, they they are they they've got their ideas about how things should work. There's things happening out there that you won't you won't know and you'll never know, uh, and so therefore you can't um, you can't say, "Well, I, I, I'm in control here. I know exactly what's going to happen here." That's not the way it works, and I think. For massage, it's the same in a way that, that, you know, back to that sort of, you know, give people the foundation. And then if, like Alex, if they've decided, that, you know, okay, I want to do something different here. I want to increase my education and I want to be able to do that because I want to target a particular group of people, like dancers or athletes or, you know, sprinters or cyclists or golfers or whatever. That's the, to me, that's the motivation to increase your education because you want to be something to somebody rather than just something to everybody in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Good analogy. Yeah, without a doubt. Maybe to and people, yeah. I mean, age does always make a big difference, like, like Gary says. If you're a little bit older and you've learned to do, that there's different types of people out there and you've got to change your vocabulary and listen more and, and just be totally different with different sorts of people. That's a massive part of working in healthcare, isn't it? So look, it is 8.50 now. So what I'm interested in doing, because we've got the pleasure of you four people here who have got years ahead of you or 2024 I want to talk about. Um, what you guys are doing in 2024 for your practice, what ideas you've had, what you're changing. I know some of you have gone back to studies, but if we kind of go around again, Amy, let's let's go back to you. What's your what are some of your plans for twenty twenty four? Or maybe you're not changing anything because it works well for you. Uh, there's always plans. Always, I get I've got a low boredom threshold, <laughs> so I'm, I've already booked some very good CPD. Um, one of them's about um, gait analysis. Was it? Oh, it's true. Um, that wasn't a no, that wasn't yeah. a that wasn't a plug, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what made you do that? Is that because you've got? I don't want to. I don't want to concentrate yeah, no, on that. Is that because you're seeing runners, or you want to know more about I how to work with runners? Or? 
I used to, that's where my business started with runners. And, and it's kind of veered off um, because I'm not very good at planning. Um, so it, it was quite an interesting um, exercise this morning, having to think about next year. It was a good uh, reflective process. And I know that I've maybe, I've gone down some rabbit holes with more sort of the psychological elements of things. And I'm, um, I am learning um, more about movement because that's a gap in, in my practice, definitely for me. Um, so I'm doing that. But I wanted to go back to some of some of the little gaps and, and maybe lost my confidence a bit with my runners. Need to make sure I'm still up to date with what I know and learn some more stuff. So, yeah, so I, I miss my runners and I want to learn a bit more. And, and yeah, I kind of. I fell off my, my running fell off the edge of a cliff in lockdown so maybe it'll give me some motivation to get back running again as well didn't um, you do an ultra marathon with sarah like last not year not yet no i've had i did an ultra but i'm supposed to be doing something with sarah but it's i don't think she's got on the i don't think she's got on it i think it sold out before she went before she oh, got dear. her place yeah which is probably just as well because i i'm definitely yeah, I, I'm going to be dragging myself around. <laughs> I'm not very fit. Good for you, though. Good for you. Excellent. Right, so it's a CPD to work more with a particular population of people. And that's great. Let's use that as an example. I'm sure you've got other things going on. Oh, yeah. But um, we'll do that. So CPD <laughs> to, to, to increase the people you can work with and serve them better. Ben, the, the what have you got going on? The thing that I'm on? struggling with is, is balancing the the, the things that I'm interested in and want to learn more about and actually the, the things that bring the money <laughs> I've got a yeah. theory on that, Emmy. Yeah. What we should do is, to a certain extent, we should put aside what we're interested in, okay, um, put it on the back burner. And our CPD, in my opinion, should be directed by our clients' needs. So mm. if, if you are seeing 60% runners, just as an example, it makes sense to, to go and do some up-to-date assessment for runners training um but if your if your client base is 60 percent menopausal you know ladies it makes sense to go and do that so that you can be better to serve the people who are coming in and seeing you because one yeah. of the points i was going to make for my you know for my wish for um for 2024 is that we should have client informed cpd rather than going on to do more more and more passive interventions so look at our demographic our unique selling point and be better at that it doesn't automatically exclude you from working with the other demographics but you become the go-to person for that modality that, that that demographic as a result you can charge a premium price and provide a premium product rather than be quite general definitely 60 percent menopausal runners well, is. they are really. Well, yes. you know what? Yeah, there's definitely a big overlap there, definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. They definitely are. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my runners have always been in, in, not elite. Yeah, the weekend yeah. runners. That's, that's what I like, yeah. yeah. Cool. Ben, where are you with your career? What are you doing in 2024? So I came out of private practice uh, early 2023. Uh, financially, it was getting quite difficult. We had a new baby on the way, etc. cetera. Uh, so I ended up going into fully employed, working as a personal trainer, as well as doing soft tissue therapy. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to take it further. Uh, so I've now dropped out of everything. I do a little bit of mobile work as a, you know, a little bit of keep me up see. But uh, yeah, I've gone back to, I've gone to university, not gone back, so I've never been before. So I've gone to university uh, to get a degree in rehabilitation. How was that financially? Because I'm sure that's something which a lot of people consider was it more accessible than you thought or is it is it actually very challenging financially uh, i mean yeah but we're, we're broke <laughs> but but we get but the bills are paid and there's food on the table you know yeah, uh, yeah. My, my wife luckily my wife works um so yeah you know we we rely on her wage um whatever work I can get in as a little top up and then the student loans which we get in obviously we, we're married we've got kids mm. so it adds a little bit more to it uh, there's also universal credits uh, that we mm. get a little bit of a top up to especially for childcare. that's the main one because mm. uh, you know little pennies she's she's only just turned one and she's in she's in nursery three days a week and that costs a lot of money <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. So, um, so you know, they pay towards that. Or, you know, give a little bit towards it, and then mm. student loan um, or student finance, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Obviously, you get your maintenance loan with that as well. And as long as we make sure that it that we're not getting excited once money comes mm. in, it should last for you know three to four rent payments mm. just in time for the next lot to come through. So, okay, so it can we're be making done. it work. We are budgeting. Yeah, yeah but it, it can be yeah, done. we're making it work. Excellent. Absolutely. I look forward to hearing about that and the content of it. You're doing that where? Just out of interest? Where you? Wrexham. Fantastic. We'll have to get you yeah. back to hear about that. I'm interested about the course content. Um, Alex, plans for this year? What you got going on? Yes, I mean, this year, I think this is probably, if you remember Tim Allardyce's podcast from last year, mm-hmm. um, obviously he was quite, uh, con- you know, he was saying 2023, we've kind of got to survive rather than thrive, really. And um, it kind of feels this is the first year in a long time, probably four or five years, where it feels like there's no like hangover, so to speak. So like COVID or cost of living or other things going on. So uh, it feels like this year we can kind of let the shackles off a bit and kind of really go for things. Um, so, yeah, this year probably just really um, I gave me a bit of a kick working in the theatres and working with kind of athletes and I've done a bit of work in the golf clubs as well. So working with people with real kind of performance elements, one key. Um, education as well, getting into education quite a lot this year. We're doing some massage courses and a couple of other courses got written in line with Pilates. Um, and the other couple of things is we're look, looking to kind of bring someone else in now because I've been working on my own for like 10 years. So I'm thinking about getting someone else in just to, have someone to work alongside and work with and help grow things. And then the last thing really is um, my uh, regional rep role is the STA. Um, so I really want to kind of develop that. And I've been thinking of a few ideas I could do over Christmas to kind of enhance it and do do more for our members, which I'll probably speak to Gary about at some point when I've thought a few more ideas. Excellent. And the, the you mentioned getting somebody in, is that proving to be scary times of, <laughs> looking into the legal things to uh, do and or is it oh I've not, I've not got that far yet the uh it's quite difficult um especially with pilates because a lot of pilates instructors are qualified to do classes in a health club in a gym setting so they're not really they haven't done any other background stuff in line with um remedial or kind of like sports therapy performance thing so uh, and it kind of I think last year kind of I was putting all these things together. Now they're all coming together. Like I kind of realized there wasn't many people out there. So I thought, well, what about if I just select people and write a course and write a couple of courses and then you can train them. So uh, that's kind of what I've been doing really. So I was building all that last year. It's still going on a little bit, still got little bits and pieces to do, but um, yeah, not got that far to, to look at the legal side. I've just kind of got the education part to train them and then potentially picking out who would be a good fit. That's amazing. So you need a clinician, you can't find them. So you're going to do a course, train some people up and then pick the one who does the best at your course. And they can work. With Alex, you. exactly. It's like the apprentice, Alex, kind of. Yeah. Uh, we, Alex, we will <laughs> we book a chat because I can go through some of the employment. I've, I've employed lots of people historically. Um, but what, one thing I would say that if you are considering, you know, getting someone in, if you like to, to share the workload, to, to develop things, how about considering getting in a, an expert in something that you don't do so that you can add another string to your clinic bow, if you like. And, and, and it's not, you know, it's like if we don't, if we're not good at numbers, we, we employ an accountant because it makes our business easier. But if you're not good at something and you want that to be part of your clinic, consider employing an expert you know go for the high quality rather than you know somebody who's mirroring exactly what you do um and i just want to mention alex some of the the great that work you're doing as your as your regional rep role holding the accountability sessions on monday you know people who come along to our coffee evening chats we we probably give them some targets with regards to marketing or development and then what alex and scott do on an alternate monday a couple of times a month is they get you know, they meet up with these people, say, how are you getting on with the task that we gave you last week? Okay, why haven't you completed it? Has life got in the way? You know, what are the things that we can do to make you better for next time? So really respect you for doing that. And thank you, Alex. And we will, we are overdue a a chat. Um, Just while I'm on, just remember, you know, people 
don't buy services, they invest in outcomes. And that's what we should be thinking about for 2024 is how can we market an outcome rather than a service? Excellent. Right, Stevie, floor is yours. 2024, you've had a bit of a battle yourself in 2023. Yeah. But it sounds noticed. like I've been following your bicycle adventures back to fitness, which is yeah. very inspiring. What have yeah. you got planned for 2024? Well, that's I've been out since May. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to spend the first part of 2024 almost like starting again, getting back into, you know, being with clients and massage and stuff. I've got that to do. I've uh, got some upskilling to do because I want to take things on a little bit uh, more um, on a level. So I need to get up from level three. Uh, I need to do some CPD. Um, so I'm going through Greg Lehman's Running Resilience. And I'm probably going to be hooking up for yours to get the gate side of things uh, because I quite like to work with runners. I'm not a runner myself, but I'm interested in the kind of injuries and things that they get. Uh, and uh, I need to finish off my assessor course as well. I started that last year before all this booted off. So I'm halfway through that. I just need to get the last part of it done, and then that's me um, with that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, education, um, sports massage education. We want to get that up and running up here if we can. And, uh, yeah, Scottish therapists, I, I, I want to try and move that on, get some CPD up here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you mentioned uh, Greg Lehman. Got got him coming along, which is brilliant. Um, I did sort of throw it out there, you know. So sort of, I threw out the hook, you know, for yourself, Mister Phillips. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that in a back burner. And there's I'd one or two it, other no, people I would Glasgow sometime somewhere around. Yeah, the there's one or two other people I would like to to try mm-hmm. and get hold of, to like Sir Ben Cormack or or, or or even you know even Mister Meekins. Um, get him to bring his shoulder course up. Mm-hmm. It's very very well quoted. So. Yeah, if we can if we can develop that a little bit more. I mean, we started off from scratch. We've got 175 members, and and I just want them to realise that there's stuff out there for them. It's not all going to be directed at them from one source. They can get it from wherever they want. They can have opinions about things, and nobody's going to say anything about that. Um, you know, just you know, there's a, there's a market up here, and yet you wouldn't know that. Mm-hmm. Just wouldn't, you know. So. It should be busy. Great stuff. And you're showing the positive side of social media as well. There is rubbish out there, but if you find someone someone that is putting good info out there, it can be really good. It's free CPD. It's you're, yeah. you're sharing some great links and it's not shouty shouty up there. It's kind of like people discussing and jumping in and kind of debating. So it's good, good reflection. Yeah. Good stuff. Right, look, it's 9.05. Um, thank you, people, for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm hoping that... That's been interesting to everyone else out there. We've had examples of therapists who are doing CPD. People have gone back into education. Um, people who are starting more education themselves, hiring other people. Um, so all sorts of stuff going on there. All linked by the common theme of the Sports Therapy Association. How wonderful to have you all here doing your thing under the same umbrella, an umbrella held by Gary Benson. So thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, Gary, anything before we, I mean, the next week we'll be bringing guests as always. If you're new to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, then we have these get togethers once a month and then we bring you every other week um, a guest um, from something to do with the industry. I'm not sure who's coming next week, but we've got loads of exciting things uh, opening up. So do follow us uh, at the UK underscore STA. But Gary, for STA members in particular, anything to finish up on? Yeah, newsletter coming out. Um, our open rate for the newsletter is about 34 35% but we also put them on the website as well so i'm happy that people are accessing them either from the website or from their their inbox um i really want to host a meeting and i've mentioned this in the newsletter i want to host a meeting of for our female members only at this stage um so that i can get an idea of where they want our WISP podcast to go, which direction to go. So that's going to be in the newsletter. I'm looking for people who want to get in touch with me, who want to attend the meeting, to give me some ideas. And then once we've got something in place, I'm just going to step back from it and, and let that go uh, and, and see where it see where it ends up, really. Um, because I'm not the best person to talk about women's health or women's, you know, the, the barriers that women face, you know, with, you know, raising families and trying to work or vulnerability issues. I'm not the right person for that. So getting some more of our female 
female members involved is 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 really what we want to do in 2040 uh, 2024 god dear it's late night isn't it it's, it's past um, nine o'clock now yeah yeah yeah, yeah it is. that's me gone <laughs> <laughs> so, amazing yeah, that's, that's the plan so people if if particular female listeners are listening to this then they should email what gary the sta uk. yeah yeah fantastic okay and of course if you listen to this and you're thinking oh the sta sounds interesting i like what they're getting into i want to see this newsletter then like i say go along to the sta.co.uk and you've got all details about there how to sign up if that's what you want and how much it costs and all that sort of stuff um or come along and join us live and ask questions in the comments here gary's normally um in the live lounge during the episodes you can always ask questions there if you're not sure stuff as well right alex moore stevie Barr, ben mace crosley Amy Tester, thanks so much for giving up your time and sharing your experiences. Um, hopefully, we will uh, reconvene at a later date to see how all your plans are going along. Um, so that'd be great to hear from you as well. But that's about it for tonight. So thank you for listening to the podcast. If you are listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a nice rating and a review just because it helps the podcast reach more people. There's no monetary gain. It's just purely helping the good word of our guests get out to more people. So if you're on an iPad, it's very, iPhone is very quick. You've got a nice, it takes 30 seconds to leave five stars. And that was a good show. Um, if you're Android, it takes a bit longer, uh, but you can do it. <laughs> right. And thanks, happy people. New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. And here's to 2024. <laughs> Take care of each other. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.